Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Slightly favours the right footer here, but Griffiths, having got the goal, goes again! This is the Hamden Roar. I'm your host Andy Barge and this week we have one of Scotland's best ever goal scorers joining us for a chat about his international memories. In part one of our two episodes with Kenny Miller, he talks about breaking into the team, Bertie Volts and the Euro 2004 playoffs, as well as Walter Smith and the first half of the Euro 2008 qualifying campaign. Kenny, welcome to the Hamden Roar, 69 caps and 18 goals for your country, shall we have a look back at some of them? Yep, let's do it. Can you believe though that it has been over five years since you last pulled on an international shirt? No, it's, 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 it's absolutely, I mean, time, time flies as they say, but it's, uh, it has, it seems like only yesterday I'd picked the phone up to up to go on strike while I was sitting in a wee cafe in Vancouver uh, and had a chat with him about it, so yeah, it's absolutely flown in, obviously in that five years become a, a fan rather than a, a player, so it's uh, it's been the highs and lows of a Scotland fan I suppose over the last five years Have you ever thought about coming back or did you ever regret leaving? No it's, it, regret's the wrong word but I miss it mm-hmm. There's, uh, I've said on numerous occasions the reason behind the, the, the decision was not through the fact I didn't feel I could perform at that level uh, it wasn't anything physical it was just logistically being in the MLS at the time mm-hmm. and, uh, and the travelling back and forth from Vancouver back for the games and then even having to travel away then you're travelling back and then you're back it was, it was a lot going on and at that point as well the, the MLS never took an international break so you were missing games and through the travelling I felt I'd picked up a few little niggles over the course uh, over the course of my time in Vancouver and the club had been great with me it gave me a fantastic opportunity to go across there and play uh, in the MLS which I really appreciated something I'd always wanted to do so I felt I was kind of letting them down a little bit by right. missing games 
when I shouldn't have been, not, not just the games over the international dates, but the fact that I'd picked up a couple of uh, little kind of hamstring niggles, muscular injuries that for me were definitely down to the amount of travel I was doing. So I felt it was the right time to do it uh, because of that. Uh, ironically enough, like six months later, I was pretty much back in, I was back in Scotland in a Rangers jersey. So if I just held on that long yeah. bit more, I probably would have need to make the decision. But you know, so let's say regret's the wrong word, but miss it absolutely. It's uh, it's something I every time I pulled on that jersey, it was a proud moment. I had the opportunity to play in some fantastic games and wear the armband on a few occasions as well, which is uh, what an honour or privilege it was to do that. So yeah, absolutely miss it. Let's go back to the very beginning then. When you were at Hutchie Vale and Hibs growing up, were you confident you'd go on and represent Scotland? Uh, it's hard to look at that. I mean, again, that's obviously the, the goal. It's the ultimate uh, achievement for any player to represent your country and, and play at the highest level you possibly can. So it was always the dream. Uh, whether it would happen or not, it was probably a little bit too early. I mean, for me at that stage, it was when I was at Hutchie, kind of 15, 14, 15, 16, just getting ready to be leaving school it was the goal to be a footballer at that point so that was the first that was the first step mm-hmm. in the process uh, again fortunate enough managed to get that opportunity at Hibs and again when I started I've always been somebody who's been something doing something I wanted I want to do it quickly and I want to get to wherever I'm going quickly mm-hmm. so uh, I made my debut pretty early started to become a regular I think it was when I was 19 turning 20 that season that's when I was right a, a regular in the Hibs team uh, a loan spell obviously away Stennis Muir helped that once I got to that stage, I felt I kind of got a grasp of what it was going to be take to be a, a first-team footballer. And at that point, that's where you started. For me, again, you, people talk about it. When you're a young lad coming through and you're, and you're scoring goals and you've got the attributes that I had, it was uh, you were getting talked about in that light about maybe getting the call-up. Again, I, I hadn't even played for the 21s at this point when people were maybe even talking about me getting into the into the full squad so again there's steps to be taken on that road as well so again I moved into the 21s and, and obviously progressed into the full squad How many times did you play for the 21s then when you say that I'm quite surprised you weren't heavily involved Yeah there was a, I mean I never I actually only got called into the 21s when I was playing every week in Rangers first eh, in Hibs first team uh, it was that season so I think I played about I think I might be made 8 appearances for the, the under 21s and then Were you a prominent player? It was well, yeah. Once I once I got in, I was yes, and then we were actually I was in the twenty ones when I got my first call up to the the full squad. There was a lot of call offs in the away game at Poland, just a friendly, and they bumped a few lads up from the twenty ones. Me being me being one of the lads. There was a one one draw in Poland. That was in April two thousand one. You came off the bench for Scott Booth in the eightieth minute. What were those ten minutes like making your debut? They were tough to be honest because I got a dead leg after about a minute, <laughs> so I was kind of hobbling about for the last. Uh, I mean, I didn't want to come off, but it was a bad one. It was one that uh, you could barely put any weight through the leg, so I kind of hobbled about for the ten minutes and got to the end of the game and uh, know the most enjoyable debut. <laughs> what was it like working with Craig Brown? How was he? Let's say it was only that one that one time. I mean, I've since kind of worked at clubs. When Craig's been no, no been manager, but he's been he's been involved in a in a certain role. So uh, great great guy. Obviously, his experience as a Scotland manager was absolutely f- fantastic. That the job that he done was great. Uh, so it was nice to get the call. Uh, again, Alex Smith was my under twenty one manager. He was a maybe have a little hand in and maybe getting that first call. Again, I don't know, but I know he's, since I've spoke to him, I've come into I've come across Alex. Over the years, he's, uh, he's always kind of referred back to when I was just a, a young striker coming through that he'd always kind of had an eye on me. So 
he was uh, maybe he had a wee hand in it. Who were you with at the 21s at that point? Any other players in uh, in the Scotland team that went on to have good careers? Uh, Mark Burchill was in about against strikers. Mark Burchill, Kevin Kyle, uh, were lads. Mikey Stewart was kind of in about the in about the squad as well. But no, we had a really good group of guys, really good group. Uh, I mean, my, my teammate Tam McManus was kind of uh, floating about in the, in the team as well. I mean, it was, it was a good group, a good group of young players. I think the majority of lads went on and, and had careers of some level, so it was, uh, it was a good squad. And what was your impression of the first team squad when you get called up? Did you feel like you belonged? Well, again, it was. This, see, when you get called, when you get kind of bumped up for the 21s, you still didn't really feel. I mean, you've made your debut and you've got that. That that's always going to be your debut for the national team. But it's uh, it's it was. It's not the same as when you're in there and you're involved all the time. And again, it took me. I think it was about a couple of years before it's I actually got my next cap. So it was uh, a long time. I mean, that that really felt like that was my my time starting out as an international footballer. Was that frustrating, that two-year period after you've already made your debut? It wasn't, it wasn't. You know, I, I'd made a, I'd been injured this next, starting the next season, I'd went on Monty Wolves and I got an injury which kind of killed me for about three, three and a half months of that season. Uh, when I came back, probably still wasn't, I wasn't playing because the team was doing so well at that point. So that season was kind of a bit of a write-off, but I think that's when I actually got called into the, it was Betty Vox's first squad, mm-hmm. was that season. So I probably wasn't where I should have been uh, up to speed in terms of playing and things at that point. But again, I was in that squad, never played that night. And then even after that, I think it was about another year before I actually got the, my, my next cap, which is starting a game against Iceland. You certainly made the most of that cap, scoring yeah. early on in a 2-1 victory. How did that feel? Great, I mean, it's your, it's your second cap, it's your first goal, they say it's a qualifier. Is it a World Cup qualifier or is it a Euros? I'm not too uh, sure. It would have been the qualifiers for the Euros. Yeah, so either way, it's a qualifier. It was the first, the 13th minute or so, it must have been quite early on, so it was uh, it was great. It's your, it's your second cap, first goal, and actually that was the start for me in, the, in my international career, in my opinion. And looking back at the results over that campaign, that was an important win over Iceland considering the drop points against the Faroes early on and the fact that it went to the last game against yeah. Lithuania it, it gave us a, a wee opportunity I mean they needed to you know Scotland will always make it hard for ourselves so it was they were going into these games needing to get the right results just to keep the just to keep the campaign alive so yeah it was important uh, it was important we won the game What were your first impressions of Bertie Volks? Uh, obviously it came with a big reputation it's a different culture it's a different style of football it was a it was a a massive coup for us to, to get him uh, the manager that he was and I liked him I liked him he had his own ideas and quite disciplined but still had a a sense of humour I still again when I mean, you've got Tommy Burns next to you as well it was uh, you're, you're always going to have that good link to the to the dressing room and Tommy was excellent for him to get like to help get the message over and things and always kept the lads bubbly so it was it was a good it was a good blend between the two of them Bertie seemed to take a shine to you anyway what do you think you did that impressed him? Uh, I don't know if I did, did take a shine to me to be honest with you I, mean, I think the first game actually I was in the starting lineup to play against France and then for some reason through <laughs> training I ended up out of it and that was a year <laughs> before I got in our camp so I don't know if he actually did take a shine to me but I was playing every week for my football club and playing well and scoring goals so I think that's something that you international managers are always or should always be, really be looking at that I mean you want to be picking the players who are in form who are at the top of their game and at that point I think when I made my when I made my debut 
that was the season we had got promoted. I think the end of that season was another goal against Germany and, a, and, a, and another qualifier, which was a fantastic day. So I'd had a good season. And particularly at that point, the second half of the season, I had a really, really good second half of the season at Wolves. So uh, I was playing well. And again, that's probably one of the reasons I was I was chose to play the games. Let's chat about the Germany game then, scoring a goal against one of the world's powerhouses. They'd just been in the World Cup final at a full hand in What's the adrenaline rush like? Incredible. Like it's, I've, I've said, I mean, again, I've been quite vocal in the in the back in the hand and remaining in the national uh, stadium mm-hmm. for our games because the days Saturday afternoons, hand and sellout crowd. It's you know even a record in the games must be fantastic. I mean, I, I can't just remember like remember us having too many too many negative results at mm-hmm. home on this Saturday and I know the whole scheduling of the international games now is, is, is taking a change because of the club v country kind of debates but for me Saturday afternoon 3 o'clock full packed hand and is, is, is the place to be when you're playing international games Why does Scotland seem to be able to raise their games in matches like that? You know I don't know but it's just suits us to be the underdog it's uh, when you're getting ran off and, and, and no chance there. I mean, obviously it, it allows you to play a different style of game. It's, it's, it is a backstab against the wall things. You're playing against a, mm-hmm. like you say, an absolute powerhouse in the world game that you're going to have to defend very, very well, resilient and be dogged and, and have a lot of heart, which is everything that we're accustomed to showing. But what we have, what and I've always said, well, I always have had good players. And and I think some of the goals that scored against top, top nations that they've been very very good creative goals as well mm-hmm. by some fantastic players so it's uh, we're always going to have that side yet and I still think we have but I think we've always had probably better players than we've been giving credit for as well You played in a Lithuania game the final one of that campaign Dan Fletcher scored to send Scotland to the playoffs what's the build up like to a pivotal game like that the last of the group knowing that the potential to reach the playoffs rests on Scotland winning the game Yeah, Well again it's, it's one of them where the, the preparation remains the same but the level of importance of the game is, is there for all to see. It's a, it's a game where you must get the result. You get the result, you've got the opportunity to go to the Euros. And again, with no disrespect, you, you've got to go in there with belief that you're going to beat Lithuania. I mean, I, every game's tough, every international game's tough, but if we wanted, if, if that was what we were given beforehand, we would have taken it. We would have taken that opportunity and fortunate enough we did take it and, and, and made it into the playoffs. Let's chat about the playoffs. How was the mood after the first leg victory? <laughs> it was absolutely incredible. I mean, it's. Uh, I think you'd have thought we had won the World Cup at that point. <laughs> to be honest with you, I mean, obviously we knew nothing had been achieved, but what a fantastic result! You know, like to beat another massive, massive team uh, again. But it's at Hamden, three o'clock Saturday. It's a special place to be, and it's it's, it's what I'm sure a lot of players will, will talk about over the course of their career when they've represented their country. They're the days that they'll, they'll remember the fireworks going off, the national anthem, the place absolutely electric, and, and you're out there performing for your country. It's uh, let's say there's no better place to be when you're when, you, when you're pulling on that jersey. So it's, uh, it's I mean, what a day! Fantastic goal created by two really fantastic young footballers at the time, uh, Fletch and Faddy. Uh, we added. It would be a bit of help for a deflection, but <laughs> yeah. listen, we take it all. It and was again, on target. It was on target, and it, 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 you don't shoot, you don't score. And it was, it was again, the start of two outstanding careers in the, in, in the Scotland team with Faddy and Fletch. But again, back to the wall stuff. When that chance came along, we took it. Yeah, we got a little bit of a break. And that night, we had a good night that night. <laughs> we had a good night that night at the Duck Bay Arena. And uh, unfortunately, we never able to back up. I think we angered all on that time, actually. And uh, 
obviously at the is it the Amsterdam Arena we played them and uh, they got payback that night. Did they simply outclass Scotland? You know, you, you go into a game and all the cliches come out, just get through the first 15 minutes, we can't concede early, and I, th- I think we had conceded three early at that <laughs> point. Uh, it was it was a tough night, it really was a tough night. We we tried to set our stall out, but when I mean, you're playing top, top level opposition, it's, you can do as much prep work as you, as, as you want, and but what you can't prepare for is some, somebody doing something out of this world and producing a bit of skill or scoring a goal or the team playing a, a flow movement and, and end up with a chance at your goal. It's, it's something you, you can try and prepare for, but it's hard to stop. I seem to remember Van Nistelrooy scoring a couple or yeah, maybe even more. Three, actually, that was a hat trick. Yeah. When you're taking on these players and you find yourself three or four down, is it hard to keep the spirits up? Well, at that point, you know the kind of tie's over. But you've still got a pride in, in your work. It becomes a little bit damage limitation. You don't want to get embarrassed. You, you, you'll keep saying try and try and nick the next goal, or at least don't concede anymore. And it's probably more the latter. Just try and not concede anymore. You, you've still got a goal. You know, if you're three, four down with twenty minutes to go, can we get to the end without conceding another goal? So you've still got you've still got something in there that's going to is going to drive you on to try and do your job. And again, like I said, when you're when you're, a, when you're a Scot you've, you've always got that pride and, mm-hmm. and that hunger that you want to do well and, and you still want to try and do the right things Was it disappointing to draw Holland because some of the other teams that Scotland could have drawn were Latvia Slovenia Wales and really given as a much better opportunity yeah. at qualifying There is you know but again see if you I look over my time as as, a, as an international player and we were, all, we were always pretty unfortunate with the draw and it's not, it's not a hard luck story I mean the draw's a draw it's, it's lucky the draw it? you know so yeah, I mean I think it was at the next campaign where we had the next Euro campaign we had was, oh, was Italy, Italy France. France and Ukraine mm-hmm. you know Ukraine were quarter-finalists in the World Cup and Italy and France were the final <laughs> and they were all in our group and you're like well like, what chance you got here and again one game away and again taking it in the last game you get the result you make it so we've always I think we've been pretty unfortunate with the draw and again that Holland one like you say it could have been there was never going to be an easy draw but there could have been an easier draw mm-hmm. But to draw Holland, but I mean, you, you, if you if we got their team line up right now, you'd look at it and think, it's just it's a who's who, you know. Like it was always going to be a tough game, and to get the result we did at Hamden was an absolutely huge achievement. Yes, is that one of the more memorable ones then for you that first leg? Well, I never played in it, but but being part of the group mm-hmm. was uh, yeah. I mean, it was it's massive. I mean, again, you've got so many other other memories, good and bad, from from playing uh, in the national team whether it be scoring goals or taking, playing part in performances it was uh, a lot of highs a lot of lows obviously the main the main low is the fact that we never we never made a major finals Let's talk about Bertie Volk's departure briefly I've heard from various players that I've interviewed that after the 1-1 draw in Moldova there was some serious abuse yep. directed his way in the airport what do you remember about that? Exactly that it's, there was it's like all the, again, when you're coming back, all the kind of planes are taking off at the same time. Everybody's travelling, so when we arrived, I mean, even coming off that night, it wasn't uh, it wasn't nice coming off. To the the fans were pretty much behind the, or there was fans behind the dugouts as well, kind of where we went through. So it was quite quite toxic that night as well. Uh, was the mark overstepped? I think at the airport, probably. Yep, it was. Uh, and I, you know, I've I've never been somebody like to moan or complain about fans. Uh, airing their views and having their opinion it's, that, that, that's what they're there to do and when you're frustrated I mean the thing is we're frustrated as well as players but obviously we can do something about it so it was but that night it, was, it wasn't it was nice and you know, obviously directed mainly obviously again at players as well but at the manager as well there was 
I mean, I don't know, hundreds of fans were kind of queuing up at the, at the airport to give to give their view, and it was yeah, it wasn't it wasn't nice to experience. Quite unpleasant to watch yeah, as the players. It, it, it was again, it's not. I mean, you, you never want to be getting any kind of level of abuse, but like I say I've always been someone that you kind of take it with a pinch of salt because the next again game you can you can turn that around. Was it the right decision for Berti to to leave? Uh, I think once you see what happened afterwards, probably. I mean, I thought Berti was a very, very good manager, quite meticulous in his approach. Uh, again, coming from a different style of football, different way of playing, thinking it was it was probably always going to be tough. But I thought he'd, he'd, done, a, he'd done a decent enough job. But results are always going to dictate whether any manager, club or country, stay in their job and I think that result in particular wasn't good enough. Was he quite shy and reserved in the changing room around the players or did he have a temper on him? I kind of, I bet he both, I, mean, I, think, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say a temper but he, he could raise his voice but he was quite quite calm for the most time, he was, uh, I said I liked him, I liked him, it's, uh, there's, there's no many managers I've worked on that, that, that I've not liked to be honest with me, again he's the manager and you, and you, and you go and try and carry out the job that that you're asked to do, and like I said I thought he'd done. It was unfortunate, but we're just there was just something missing. There was something missing from the team at that moment in time. And was it a tough time for you on a personal level with the national team at that point? The SFA website has you listed as going 15 games without a goal for the national team. Uh, no, no, not at all. I mean, again, wasn't playing in all the games as well. But I've all you know I've always been a player that I don't judge myself based on whether I score or I don't score. I mean, why would I want to score a goal which takes a split second in a game and then no contribute for the rest okay, of the game? Yeah. It's, it's just never it's never been what I've, I've, I'm about. I've always tried to do the right things and always believed if that if I'd done that, then the opportunities would come and, and, and the goals would come. And again, when you're playing for Scotland, chances are few and far. You could actually go three games without getting a chance, never mind a goal. So, like, again, it's you, you can't, for me, you, you can't base a performance or judge whether you're doing your job or not based on a goal I mean what I said what if you've not had a chance to score I mean is that your fault it's, it's well some strikers need to get service and you need to be yeah you need to be in the right positions you still need to be putting yourself up there but if the opportunities are not there then you're not going to score I think the Scotland fans recognised you though for the effort that you you put yeah. in during games is that fair to say I, th- I would think so I, th- I would like to think that's been pretty much any club I've been at as well that, uh, that says I've always wanted to contribute more than just goals it's, a goal is a split second day a football match like there's another 90 minutes a game you know you can't if I score in the first minute just disappearing and no contributing to the team it's just not what I'm about so uh, I'd like to think that the fans actually recognised that and I brought a little bit more than just than just a goal threat You did though hit goal scoring form when Walter Smith yep. came in 7 goals in 8 games for Scotland why did you hit the ground running in that sense under him what changed? Well you can never put your foot because you, you just constantly do the right. Just just do the right things. Keep making the same. Keep making the same movements. If, if it's the right movements and the right runs, uh, again, you need good players alongside you to supply you, which can come in batches as well. People can be in form or, or out of form. Uh, but Walter, you know, he came in and just he just gave the place a pick me up as well. Again, Tommy and Ali were, were, were massive for it. His staff had a really really good staff. They brought we uh, we Billy McCulloch and uh, the Chelsea Missouri again. You probably heard stories <laughs> about Billy. I mean, Omar flying about the kind of player liaison. Like, see the the, the togetherness in the group, uh, not just the players but the, the staff as well. There was just a fantastic vibe within the place, and 
it just seemed to change when Walter came in. Walter again, he's just got an aura about him. You know, he's he's done everything there is. He's won everything there is to win, uh, and he's got he's got this aura about him. He's, players instantly have got respect for him because he commands it without doing anything by him. He just he just commands mm -hmm. it. He's just one of these people that's got that, and he's he got the response straight away. The one thing I, I noticed that every team whether it be club or country, there's, there's always guys that are not going to be playing and they're going, always going to be disappointed and they were still disappointed but it never seemed to affect players the same way in that group when Walter was there and whether that's because they had a, a wee bit of fear that they could maybe be taken out of the group if they acted a certain way or whether it's just because they had the respect for the man. Like I said, I feel the staff, Ali and Tommy in particular, being that kind of buffer between the dressing room. You can again you can imagine what training was like with these two guys. I mean they bounced off each other it was I mean it was a it was I've heard that say about a few kind of national teams of late that for England going into the World Cup this year about having a like a club vibe it was that's what we had back then. Yeah listen we never got the results and again through this draw, that draw, a wee bit of bad luck, we never we never made it. But there was a real good feel to that group of players at that time. It just felt like it was coming together. It was, it was, and again, we started... For me, again, I always remember the first two games of Walters reign was Italy away in the San Siro. Uh, we got beat 2-0, it was mm -hmm. two PLO free kicks that night. Unbelievable free kicks, by the way. One of the best midfielders <laughs> that's played the game. Uh, but I went through, I think Quaz, Nigel Quasi put me through for a wee chance in the second half. Went through, I'm kind of racing through with one of the defenders and I kind of scuffed my shot straight at Buffon never missed never just never really got the connection mm -hmm. I wanted and Buffon saved it by the way it's not it's <laughs> top top goal he's still playing now and then the next game we played Belarus away I think we drew 0-0 mm -hmm. Fletch flips one over the top I go through a volley into the top corner it's everything looking like a goal and the keeper pulls off an unbelievable save that time I did get the connection it was one so for two chances two decent saves and all of a sudden I'm getting blamed because I've missed, I've missed chances or I've done this or done that and it's, it's, again it's something that's never it's never bothered me but we met up that was kind of the second half of the season we met up for the friendly in August and it was uh, I was still at Wolves at the time and we're training on the pitch the night before we're playing Austria and Ali we'd done a wee bit of possession and Ali came up and said oh Kenny you're looking right, right sharp I went I feel great I went, I've started, started the season pretty well Aye, and then at the end of the session, Walter pulled me and goes, just says, look, you're, he was explaining, I'm going to be playing a bit of a different role in the game the night before. Mm -hmm. I think Gary O'Connor was going to be up front and I was kind of just playing a little bit deeper than him. And he just says, look, you're playing a different role, blah, blah, blah. He goes, but as long as I'm the manager here, you'll be playing as a, as a striker. He goes, because the job you've done has been great. Forget about the misses and forget about what anybody says. As long as you're playing to the level that you're playing, it, you'll be the guy who will be playing that position. And you're like, I just I remember walking away and I thought, this guy's got a, a mm -hmm. real belief in me, so it's going to put his confidence in me. He just, I just felt 10 foot tall, it's coming for someone, an absolute legend. So I went away and I felt great, and it's no coincidence, I scored the, the opener that night. The next, that was the August friendly, the September international was goal against Italy, two goals away in Norway in the first half, could have been a hat trick. And then like, that was the period of a really good goal scoring on under under that regime. You've kind of answered my question. I was going to ask. I was going to say when you're coming up against defenders like Cannavaro and Nesta, yep. how much does that confidence help you? Do you feel almost 
invincible going up but against that, him. That day, playing then, like I say, I was just carrying on form from my club. I'd started the season really well. Physically, I felt I felt really, really good. And you've you seen that in the game. Like it was, like it was a back to the wall performance. You know, we're playing against the, we're playing against the world champions at the time. Like it's, uh, well, we're the world champions were, at the time. They were, about to they were about to become the yeah. world champions. The players, the team that became the yeah. world champions. They were, they were, and you just look at their team and again. For me, being a lone striker, a kind of Aaron Nesta, like is there? I've been a better pairing of two defenders over the last what fifteen years or something. Yeah. Again, you could have you, your Ferdinands and Vidicis and for clubs and things, but. And, Going into that, it was it was tough. It was going to be a tough game, but I was right up for it again. An early goal helped. Fantastic goal as well. Really yeah. well created goal. Uh, got on those in front, and your, your tail's just up. And that day, I just I was just right up for the for the challenge of playing two, against two of the best defenders in the world and trying to show that I was good enough to play at this level. What's it like to play against two centre halves like that, who are like you said, arguably? the best in the world do they have any tricks up their sleeve to make sure they're trying to keep on top of you or are they very very just they're th- they're professional actually, about the way they go they're about actually the two different two really different defenders to be honest with you what Nesta you would say is more kind of cultured and he was easy on the eye and it kind of arrow was he was a bit smaller mm-hmm. but he really he was a rash he was all over you he never really he wanted to give you any kind of time to say maybe that's because he was that little bit smaller he felt he had to be a little bit more aggressive with it but really really Top top pairing, uh, and we had a good day that day. It was a good result. Unfortunately, again, the, the goal we can see is a wee, just a wee click off Jackie McNamara's toe, just sent it past the goalie that day. So it was uh, well, unfortunate actually to concede, but it was a good day again for me. A, probably a, a landmark performance in my in a Scotland jersey. I was, was going to ask that as well. Is that a key moment for you in your Scotland career? Do you feel that goal in that game? I would say overall, personally. Again, it's, it's all for me. It's, another, it's always been about the team, but you always have to reflect on your own performance. But for me, that was probably the the standout for start to finish performance that I would have put in. Uh, I mean, people might disagree, or but for me, I just think things really came together for both me personally and the team that day. We had a, we had a really good game, and that says when it's up against that level of opposition, it gives you a real belief. Listen, whoever you're playing against, you're, you're, you're going to be able to cause them trouble. Both again individually but also as a team and it all, it all does stem from the support the belief the confidence that a manager's giving you and again that's management you know it's it's man management it's getting the best out of the players that you've got in, in your squad and that's something I've, that, that Walter have done very very well Defeat to Belarus was the nail in the coffin how disappointing is a result like that especially after performances like the one against Italy It was but again this is, it's been a it's been a bit of a Similar story over the course of campaigns. There'll be some fantastic results, and then was the next campaign Georgia. Georgia, yeah. And you know, just looking like Georgia came a few years later as well. That it's it seems to be recurring themes that against the, the the bigger teams, and again, it's it's there's reasons why the smaller nation, smaller teams, or club teams against bigger club teams get these good results because they can play a defensive style of football mm-hmm. you know there's no yeah you're still going to, to win a game you need to score goals but you can be that that team that's really together and hard to beat and it's kind of suited us when we needed to go and be the one to take the game to the other team we found it we found it tough to be fair these teams had very good players in them as well which because it's Belarus or it's Georgia or it's whoever it's going to be Latvia or whatever they've still got very very good players but we're maybe a little bit ignorant in the fact that oh, well, we should just beat them right. we probably should but it's not going to come without hard work 
It's not going to come with a bit of quality and, and doing your jobs right. And that's something that we never, in their games, maybe brought our A game when we really needed it. Maybe still a problem in recent years. Yeah, well, it is, like I say, it's not it's only of late we've seen our. We've slipped up in a couple of games you'd maybe expect us to do a little bit better in. And uh, even in the Nations League up until now, I mean, losing to, to Israel. I mean, again, Israel were a, some good players on their team. Mm-hmm. But we would expect to beat them. And we beat them, we beat them well in the, and managed to get the get the top spot in our, in our Nations group. But it was uh, there's always these wee games, these wee blips that seem to be that seem to be stopping us. Because these, whether it be a draw and you drop two points or you actually get beaten and you lose three... Come the end of our campaign, if we just had we just got them, it would have made such a difference to the group as a whole. Or even going into the last game, it would have gave you a better opportunity to either clinch a a, a qualifying spot or a, or a playoff spot. So these wee blips just seem to be costing us. Does that fan expectation, maybe slight ignorance, um, that you think is, oh, we should go to Albania and right with them, Belarus, Latvia, etc. Does that impact the players? No, it doesn't because. I say, I mean, I mean, ignorance is a long, wrong word. It's just, it is just that there is maybe just not quite an understanding of what you're actually going to be facing because these teams have got some very good players playing at a really, really good level, so they can hurt you as much as what our players can hurt them. Collectively, over the course of your squad, we've probably we're probably stronger than than the teams that were that were maybe slipped up against in the past. But it doesn't. I wouldn't say it affects us. It's See, when you go up particularly away, any away game's tough. You've got the travelling, you've got this, you've got the maybe a different time zone and different kick-off times to think. It's, it's not an excuse, but that's the away games, are they're, they're, they're tough, whether it be in Europe domestically or whether it be internationally. It's, it's, they're, they're tough, tough games. Any team that's going to want to have any kind of success in a campaign, again, whether it be domestically in Europe or whether it be in a, in a qualifying group to qualify for World Cups or Euros, the away games are tough. Your home games are going to be right. We need to deal with our home games to give us the best chance of qualifying. So that goes for us, but also goes for the teams when we travel away. That's going to be their opportunity to win games and and uh, and have a successful campaign. So they are tough, but they were particularly this. I mean, again, I think of the Georgia game when we was it Ukraine we had played just before Georgia Ukraine three one and like that was a fantastic result. Again, that's the World Cup quarterfinals to then go and play Georgia and, and get beaten in the manner we did like it was really disappointing Is it true then there are no easy games in international football even your likes of Malta San Marino etc This I wouldn't say they're easy if you, they're easier if you go and do the job right and, you, and, and you're, you're, you're focused the same way as what you would be focused if you were playing France or Germany or Italy or England they're, 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 they're easier but you can still you can still get found wanting. Like right. we conceded the first goal it was against Malta at Hamden a few years back. Gibraltar a few years back. Like you know, like you imagine that team just defending with a life now and we're, we're chasing a game with twenty minutes. I mean, we had it with Liechtenstein. What did we Liechtenstein? Like we're, we concede a goal and then next minute you're taking you to the ninety seventh minute to go and win the game of football. So yeah, listen, there's no easy games and you don't want to ever dis- disrespect anybody to say they're an easy game. They can be easier if you do your jobs right, and the things and and hit the level of performance that you need to hit. And if you drop below that, then you're giving any team an opportunity. You're giving a good team a chance to run over the top of you, or you're giving maybe a not so good team a chance to be in the game. And that's something again in that that Georgia game and the Moldova game, the Belarus game. Sorry, that we our levels dropped. It becomes maybe more right. of a matchup now, and when you fall behind, it's then hard to pick yourself back up. So. 
the games have cost us, and that's ultimately again that's been the fine margins of whether we got a playoff spot or got a qualifying spot, and it's the games that have really been decisive factors. Let's take a quick run through the 08 campaign. Then, I mean, looking back, there were some joyous occasions in that campaign. So joyous that the, the SFA released a, a DVD yeah. of the campaign. It was it was magical at the times, like you said, though just the one result let us down yeah. the second last game. When the draws made with the two World Cup finalists and the quarter finalists, how do the players react to that? Is it a bring it on or is there? Oh no! <laughs> no, it's one of them where you think, listen, there's nothing you can do about it. So yep, you're going to face it head on. But it's one of them you think, is there, at what point are we going to get mm-hmm. a wee break? You know, like World Cup finalists, both of them, and the quarter finalists in your group, and you need to finish in the top two. <laughs> like you're going to do well to finish fourth in that group. <laughs> you would have done well if you'd finished with, b- below the A3. You could have went well. Hold your hands up. Hey, we're the we're the best of the rest. This is the la- they're effectively the, the top eight teams. Yeah, well, nearly, nearly half teams. of the top of the top uh, eight teams in the world. So it was always going to be tough, but as we've seen and we've talked about, these are the kind of games that we we stand up to. Yeah, these are the games that we thrive off. We've produced some fantastic results and performances over the years. And we've done so in that campaign as well. And again, we took it to the final hurdle. Some start for, for the team in that group away to Lithuania. Yep. You scored and that is the kind of game that you could have expected or worried Scotland would slip up in. It, it, it was. I mean, it gets a hard game. I mean, I think I've probably played against Lithuania more than any team and been there, even domestically. I've been there a few times as well. It's, it's, it's a hard place to go and, and, and win a game of football. Uh, that night, again, similar game as what we've always... I mean, we got beat in Lithuania by a penalty. Uh, one year, Jackie Mack gave a penalty away. What beat one 0 that night? Again, that was one another one of the results. That's so that shows you it, it can you can go there and get found wanting if, if you have a wee a wee break against you or you're not quite out there, like you, like you don't bring your A game. But that night, worked hard, defended well. We got our goal, goals at the right time. Christian with a good header, and then getting the second goal was was crucial just to kind of kill the game off. You didn't feature in the France game at Hamden. What was that? I was and no, I was suspended. suspended. I got two shocking bookings. Like I think the one in Lithuania was a disgrace. Uh, I got two on your part on, or the refs part. On the refs part, right. it was who did two of the first two games. So it was Fairos at home. Yeah, Fairos at home. I, just, I, can't, I can't even remember that game. Then I don't get booked. I don't get booked. You know, and it's uh, two bookings in the first two games, and they were poor, really poor decisions. Both of them actually, uh, particularly the one in Lithuania, if I remember right. And that, that rolled me out of that game. So I was actually sitting next to Gary Caldwell's dad that day <laughs> at the game, and Gary scored the winner. Fantastic. Did you think the keeper had saved your penalty against the Pharaohs? Listen, it made the back of the net. Yeah. <laughs> I've had a lot better penalties than I've been saved yeah. in my career, so it was uh, it was nice to, for that to go. But again, it was a, good, a really good start to the campaign because, like you say, when you've got the, the, that start, you're automatically thinking, right, there's. We need, if we're going to have any chance yeah. we need to get six points straight away well it's similar to, to this campaign that's coming up now some of the lesser teams first a chance to get yeah, points on the board them, yeah. before facing the big guns well that's it and that's the, the games do to take on a real extra an extra importance even though they are early because it's a chance to build points because even you don't know what's going to happen in other games there could be a draw you can, and all of us you could buy yourself and that's what we've done that, that campaign we bought ourselves some points so if we did have no so bad I, I sorry, no, no so good a result but we're still going to be in contention because we had that early start so it's crucial it is and if you've got the, the lesser teams the teams you're now going to have to take care of when you've got uh, the three teams that we had in that group then you, it's, it's vital that you start well What was it like for you then to be in the stand for the France game not being on the pitch but still experiencing the, the Hamden atmosphere? Really frustrating uh, like I said it's off 
two soft at best uh, bookings. So it was really disappointing because we had started well, uh, scored a few goals in opening games as well. You wanted to to maintain your place, but again, that's that's football. You've got to go on with it. So you're just there supporting the team. Uh, and again, on the day, how these sometimes things these just things happen. Again, Hamden seems to have this effect that it was save, it was Trezeguet game missing a chance, blasting over the bar. It was this chance, it was that chance, and all of a sudden we got a corner and it's. Still, probably down as the best slide tackle that's ever, <laughs> that Hamden's ever seen. But we get our nose in front, and then we just defend for our life, and we get the result. And that's been we've probably seen so many of the performances over the years against the bigger teams. And you can say you ride your luck, but again, when you play the better teams, you're going to need to ride your luck. You're going to need your goalkeeper to have a very good day. You're going to need things to go your way, and when that chance comes along to win the game, you're going to need to take it. And, and we did that day. And the lads deserved it absolutely. And like I said, I was a fan that day in the crowd sitting next to sitting next to Big Gazzy's dad, and we're jumping a bit like lunatics <laughs> in the stand celebrating it. When I spoke to Gary for the podcast, he described that goal as the best fifteen-yard half volley Hamden seen. Do oh, you assess it differently? I said it was the best sliding tackle Hamden's <laughs> ever seen. It was, you know, he caught it sweet. He caught it sweet. It was a a really good finish. Not too many goals through through, through mm. his career, but that was absolutely fantastic and gave us a a, a wonderful memory. Were you in and about the changing room? Yep, no, I was down. Yep, yeah, I was down there. Obviously, I was just still part of the squad, so I was down there. Obviously, just supporting the boys, just being around the place, and then up in the stand watching the game. The managerial change shortly after that. Walter Smith left. Was that a bitter pill to swallow? It was harsh. Right? It was disappointing because of what I had brought to the team and to the group, and mid campaign as well, which was. Which was tough considering we had started really well. I mean, was it after what, what game was it after he after the he Ukraine went? game was his last one? The two 0 we got beat two 0 Georgia two one was McLeish's first. That's right. That's right. So, see, even that Ukraine game, I had a wee header. I think it was at 0 0 I got 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 across the front and we were right in that game. I mean, again, you're playing a top team away yeah. from home. Like uh, Scotland was, certainly wouldn't be expected. No, to, not at all. But I, we were we were just in a good place at that moment in time and. We had chances in that game, and we were, we were right in it. We were right in it, and it was we, we could have got something out of that, which would have really again made all the difference going into that last game. But again, like you say, you'd started really well. You're away to Ukraine, World Cup quarterfinalists. You're not going to be expected to get too much, but and the fact that we beat France as well, it's like your kind of bonus ball. Like so, mm-hmm. we were, we were, with an opportunity, listen, you'd never take your foot off the gas. You, you thought it was a real opportunity to press the, the good form and fortune that we had in that game, and and I felt we'd done all right that night. We just, we just never took the chance when it came along and and conceded a couple of goals at Voron and got a. I think there was a there was a penalty. There was a penalty. Yeah, yeah that's right. And, uh, so anyway, listen, we, we we got beat in the game, uh, but we still we were in the position by the start of the campaign that we're still going to be right in the mix going into the next set of games so it was uh, what we're leaving was disappointing because we were in a, in a really really good place but Alex came in and he just continued it he maintained the levels that we were doing probably never really I mean the blueprint was there you know it was what work had been done the lads were believing it was a case of just coming in and yet every manager wants to put their own wee stamp on it but if you looked over the kind of even team selections and shapes and things, it probably never strayed too much for what it was before. So it was important that he just he came in and, and kept the, the momentum, which he'd done very, very well. Was he a similar manager personality-wise then? Yes, he he's, he's got a lot of similar traits. Uh, obviously a bit, a bit younger than Walter. Uh, I'd worked with him at Hibs as well, so I knew all about him. 
So, yeah, similar in, in the demands and in, in, in his manner in which he goes about his business. So it's no surprise that we kind of we were able to just kind of keep building on that momentum. The first game that of McLeish's tenure was Georgia 2-1 at home. Teague Beatty scores with a couple of minutes to go. Is that one of those moments where the fans and the, and the players just think, right, this this could happen. This this is a this is a moment for us. Well, it could do, but the fact that it took to that moment for us to win the game at home should have always been a real kind of note of concern that going away there's not going to be easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think Boyd scored the opener that day. There was a header. A header. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Boyd got the opener and Beats got the winner. Uh, I think we deserved it that day, if I remember right. It was well, we were definitely the better team over the course of the game. But listen, the game's ninety minutes, ninety-five. If you've got the added times and things, that you've just got to keep going and keep going and keep believing, keep piling forward and doing the right things, and hopefully that something drops. And that day it did, and I think it was a bit of a bit of niche and toffee <laughs> for beats and yeah. managed to get into the. They get but listen again, you, you you take them all, and it was a, it was a big win, and it's again be a manager's first game. It's always nice to get off to a winning start. Personally, as a Scotland fan, the three-one match against Ukraine is is one of my favourite memories. Just how the game started, and when McFadden put the third in, it was almost like euphoria. The one that sealed it. What are your memories of that? It was again. That was a game where we were full of confidence. Well, we thought we'd played them already, and that's says I felt we were well in the game over there, reiterating and just the same noises again. Hamden, three o'clock, walking out, full house blood absolutely boiling and, and, and looking forward to it and when you get off to a flyer the way we did like the whole place just erupts and then yeah. then you get a goal for a free kick that you've actually worked on like, like it just fell I've been just everything but it just finish. worked you know it was yeah. a fantastic finish and big, big jig hut to then go and put the finishing touches on it but it just worked exactly how I mean, we've worked on it the, 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 the runs were right we take the lads away the delivery was right mm-hmm. Touch and finish was fantastic, and I mean that was still early as well. Was that, that was, 12, that was, 13 it was, it was minutes? It was 2 0 before the 10th minute. Was it? Well, there you go. So you're 2 0 up, so the place is absolutely rocking. Yeah. People will be thinking, what was going on here? We've gone to, we've gone to the Euros, yeah. you know, this is it. And uh, like you say, when the third goes in, it's, it's uh, I mean, what a result against our top, top yeah. team. Uh, I mean, we've had a lot of good results, but that result that day, that performance, that, that was that's something else to beat a team at that level. So convincingly, and by the way, and earn it, earn it as well. Yeah. No, no riding your luck, no battle. That was a, a proper performance. Yeah. You scored the first. Was yeah. that quick free kick spontaneous? You know, I just kind of when you're when you're in the areas in the wide areas where feet I mean, it's, it's kind of corner like. And if, I think if I can remember, their defending was their defensive line wasn't great. Like I think they were kind of a bit off. So I was able to I was able to get in behind a player. Whereas if the line had been right, I might have been offside by making that run. So my man was kind of marking me in the offside position where the other line was up. So making that little dart in behind that lad, it just took again. It needs to be the right run with the right ball at the right time. And I kind of made contact with Faddy. And obviously Faddy's delivery is excellent. His left foot's a one, so he put it right on the money. And again, it's one of them that entices the keeper out because he thinks he's got yeah. to do something. And all you do is get a little glance on it at the empty net. So perfect start. And all the end, like we've talked about, backed up with a, a set play goal that we that we've been worked on through the week, and was it eight nine minutes gone and we're yeah, two and a half. Uh, Boyd up front, and also you throughout that campaign. What were the dynamics between you? Did you play, or did Boyd play alone, or were you often paired? I think certain games we were 
up to, I mean, the, the first game of that group, the Pharaohs, both me, Boyd and Faddy all played. Mm-hmm. But half time of that game, Walter had told me, you'll be up front on your own on Tuesday, right. Wednesday night. So he already knew what, what the team was going to be and mm-hmm. what the game was going to be like. So he'd already he'd asked me, like, how we're fighting we're five 0 up at half time. So he says, What do you want to do? And I was like, I want to stay on, try and get more goals. He went, Well, you'll get fifteen minutes because you'll be up front on your own on right. on Wednesday night. So that was that. So I was up and on, on the on the Wednesday. Obviously the France game I missed, but we had Faddy up front on his own because that would be the way it's going to need to be defensive. So so that was that. So it was it was mixed. It was mixed, obviously with a good blend and the players that we had available to play in their positions. I think me and Faddy both started in against against Ukraine. I think it was me and Faddy mm-hmm. or Faddy just off me against Ukraine. So throughout the course of the campaign it was there was a bit again depending on who the opposition was, there would have been a bit of a mix and match. Did McFadden feel like a talisman at that point to the squad or was it kinda of more the, the fans that had that impression? No, he was, he was just part of the group. I mean Faddy was since he was being a young kid at Motherwell had a bit of a wee reputation with the, his, the hair that he had, his wee tail yeah. at his head, the kind of cheeky chappy kind of personality they had. He's always had, I think mean, Bertie Volks even added to that the way right. he talked about him, but to, to us it was one of the boys, I mean, he's got a job to do, simple as that. He's no any different from anybody else, he's, he's got a job to do, the same as we all have. And for us to have a chance of winning, he's going to need to do his job and, and so the rest of us. So, but he come up with big goals, you know, this is what good players do, big games, big goals. Yeah. There was that sequence for McFadden. He had the France goal, scored a screamer against Lithuania. There was yeah. a I, in the Italy game, the last one where he had that back post chance, but he just couldn't stretch yeah. far enough to knock it in. Is uh, is it fair to say that in terms of flair players at that point, he was the the one for Scotland? What he was, he was he was a just a really really clever footballer. You know, you could give him. It was the player that could create something. I mean, he's, he always had that ability. I mean. No, the fat, no, the quickest player in the world, but he's a good dribbler, mm-hmm. and he had the the technique to go past players and the, the ability to drop a shoulder and go past the player, and, and, and it looked quite easy. And what like you said, that that left foot has, he could score all kinds of goals. Like, I remember that chance in the early game, like he's so so close to getting on the end of it, which would have been a huge goal for us at that moment, at that time. So it was it was it was in a really good spell. But again, it wasn't just that; it was all he was over the course of. A ten-year period, mm-hmm. eight, ten-year period that he was, he was doing the job that he needed to do. Sports Social Podcast Network.